0: Those of you who are looking for a seatbelt, forget it. Those of you looking for a nice, safe place, forget it. Um, because nothing about God is safe. I'll just talk to church this side. We, we so often want God to be safe, but that's not who God is. He's powerful. He's a great disturber. He's a great person who, who just does things different because... He doesn't do it according to our ways. That's why the Bible says his ways are not our ways. And so many people, they get disappointed with God because they're trying to get God to do it their way. Well, they just have to get over themselves. And so this morning, Paul did a great message. And if you weren't here, you can hopefully, you'll be able to listen to it somehow. And so the it was about the basic, Way of church, what you could call it was a DNA sort of message about this is how church actually started and and uh, I like the way he was just unfolding some stuff and so I also like the way that he just gave me a springboard for for me tonight too and 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 the beauty is that uh, no matter how good someone preaches before I get up, you know it doesn't intimidate me because I've got my story just like everyone else has got yours, theirs. And, and the reality is this, oh, I just want to say this, that's for you as well. So many times you'll we'll say, well, I'm not that person. Well, have you ever thanked God for that? Because, and I've had people say to me, oh, well, I'm not you. Well, you need to thank God for that. <laughs> because you'd make a really bad me, but you can make a really good you. And, <laughs> And, and, and there's some people here tonight, I, I just feel as we're in the worship, and I could probably pick out some, but I'm just going to do it here. You spend more time thinking about your failures and the things that you've done bad in life than thinking about the strength and the purposes God has for you. Because He can turn all things for your good. And, and, and there, is a, there is something that's going on tonight whereby you need to just grab a hold of what God's thoughts for you are. His thoughts are only good to you continually. He's not sitting on a big throne with a finger longer than a witch's broomstick and waiting to get you. He is waiting to get you, but he has only got good thoughts. And But we have to learn to ooh, align ourselves with what God thinks good about us. You see, this society we live in and does not encourage us to think properly. Because it says if you listen to this voice and if you listen to that voice and if you listen to all these voices, then you get this picture of where to go. The Bible only says there's one voice to listen to. There's one voice for churches to listen to and it's not the voice of the soul and it's not the voice of reason and it's not the voice. It's one voice and it's the voice of the Spirit and and that's for our individual lives that we need to learn what it is to listen to the voice of the Spirit and if you can't hear the voice of the Spirit, then tonight you can come and get a jolly good ear wash. (laughs) It might be messy, but it'll still do you good. And in a little while, there'll be some prayer offered, and so (laughs) (laughs) Robo (laughs) Shunda. Do it again, Tom. (laughs) Because as he's doing that, we can be going, Oh, like that's a bit weird, or we can be going, Oh, come on, come on. You see, one is the spirit, one is the soul, and right then, some people are having to adjust from the soul to the spirit. It's a good adjustment. Matthew 13. Oh, here we go. The next generation's into it. (laughs) Matthew 13, verse 44. We have this amazing uh, verse here. The kingdom of heaven is like treasure hidden in a field. When a man found it, he hid it again, and then in his joy went and sold all he had and bought that field. Jesus, in this passage, is teaching us by parables. And in, in... earlier verses in verses 11 to 15, he, he, he's saying that not everyone can be entrusted with the secrets of the kingdom. That, that's an incredible statement, but he's the boss, and so he said not everyone can be entrusted with the secrets of the kingdom. Why? Because they're listening to the wrong sounds, and they're listening to the wrong voices, and their ears haven't yet been syringed out. What is a parable? It's a it's a means of communication, which some people, it's hidden from, the meaning. And other people, it's revealed to. That, that's what Jesus said. Don't, don't, don't blame me on this one. That's what he said. That for some, it's going to be hidden from. Why? Because they have the wrong filters for it. They're going to try and filter the principles of the kingdom through a mindset which comes out of this world. Parables contain kingdom truth. And they draw a comparison between the kingdom of heaven and the kingdom of darkness and the principles of this world. And so here's Jesus doing some teaching, and we've got to understand that kingdom principles are completely different from the principles... Of this world, and that's why it's important for us to get our ears syringed so that we can hear what the Spirit is saying, and also that means we have to learn to recognize the voice of the Spirit. In Matthew 13, we, we read a whole bunch of parables. I, I, I love parables, they're, they're stories, they're, they're, they're illustrations that Jesus used, and, and it was always everyday, practical, down to earth illustrations and and I like doing illustrations that are practical down to earth you know because that that means we can get it he talks about there was a man who who sowed seed in in many places and and so yeah and he says now the kingdom of heaven is like this and then he said the kingdom of heaven is like a man who sowed good seed but someone else came along and sowed some bad seed hmm The kingdom of heaven is like a mustard seed. The the kingdom of heaven is like yeast. Hmm. The kingdom of heaven is this one here, treasure hidden in a field. And then there's another one. The kingdom of heaven is like a net. Now, why is each one like that? Why why is the kingdom of heaven like a pearl or like this? I'll tell you why. Because Jesus said it was. It's quite simple. Don't, don't get it all complicated. Jesus said it was. It's good enough. But he was trying to illustrate something, trying to get us to, to grasp something. So let's just look at this parable tonight. The kingdom of heaven is like a treasure that was hidden in a field, and a man saw it. Now, this man saw something that everyone else had overlooked or not recognized. And it's giving us a story that when it comes to the kingdom of heaven, it's quite possible to be with people. It's quite possible to be with people who even say that they know the way to heaven and all sorts of things. But they can walk past a treasure, not recognize it. And, and then, then, then you're going, whoa, look at this. And they, you go, really? No, no Tom, We never do that because one day your eyes will go pop. (laughs) And then it says it's fascinating what this man does. He sees the treasure and he leaves it there. Why does he do that? Because it says he goes away. He goes away with great joy. He goes away with great joy and sacrifices everything he's got. Just think about this. Every treasure he's got, he sacrifices it. He says, oh, no, and he gets rid of it so that he can come and buy the field Why does he have to buy the field? He's just wanting the treasure. No, he wasn't buying a field. He was getting ownership, legal ownership of a treasure that was worth everything he had. You can't just pick up someone else's treasure. Discipleship costs, why? So that you can have full ownership of the treasures, of the treasures of the kingdom, of everything that God has for you. There's a lot of people say to me, I want what you've got, but are you willing to pay the price I paid? Because treasure costs. Gifts are free, but maturity is always expensive. shushumbaranda? And all through Scripture, we've got incredible stories of people who, it wasn't just the treasure, they got a revelation. And as Christians, we're supposed to live by revelation, not information. And unfortunately, many Christians want to live their life by information more than revelation. Because information is the voice of the soul, but revelation is the voice of the Spirit. Because the information will be interesting for the head, but it, the revelation will be fire in the belly. And so, just very quickly, very quickly, David taught us an incredible principle. <laughs> Oh, oh, oh. oh David taught us an incredible Brahma or Shundulula principle, and he's there and and he said, "I am not going to sacrifice something that costs me nothing." I talk to church this side. The parable is: someone saw the treasure, and with great joy, with great joy. When I'm going to sacrifice everything. Yeah. Hallelujah. <laughs> <laughs> but when religion starts saying something like that, it's like, oh, and <laughs> then people get sad and oh, I've got to sacrifice. The principle of the kingdom is the moment you see sacrifice, it's like, whoa, there's a treasure there. And it's filling me with joy to think that I can sacrifice. I can sacrifice. People laugh at me, they're allowed to. I laugh at myself. And so they, they go about the fact of being drunk. And, and, and I've had people criticize me. As, and people asked me recently, they said, Has anyone ever sort of like tried to correct you? Yeah. but i wasn't going to listen to their religiosity cuz they were trying to tell me that if i'm the pastor and the speaker i'm supposed to have decorum i can't spell that word <laughs> the bible doesn't say that i have to have decorum it says i'm supposed to be filled with the spirit the Bible says that I'm supposed to be yielded to the Spirit. The Bible says I'm supposed to be able to be willing to pay any price to have more of the treasure. Now, what's this? Whoa. So David said, I'm not going to bring an offering that, uh, that costs me nothing. And Jesus taught on the cost of being a disciple. And, and just tonight, there's two sort of little tracks or streams here. And, and, and just what I'm going to share for a few minutes. One is Jesus's example and Jesus' example to us. And the other is our call to revival. Jesus gave us an example. He saw the, just taking this parable as, a, 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 as an example, He saw the field of humanity. And He saw treasure in that field that's you and me. That's you and me. And he said, I'm willing to do whatever it takes and I'm willing to pay the greatest price. The greatest price was not just dying on the cross. It was coming out of glory down to the sordid mess on earth, taking upon himself sinful flesh. What a price to pay when you're the King of glory. To to leave all that and to not just identify himself with, but to become. Yeah. You see, I can identify myself with someone, but that doesn't mean I've become them. He didn't just identify himself with us. He became us yeah. so that we could become him. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm that. <laughs> 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 yeah. yeah. And people say, oh, no, 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 no. That's what it means when we become the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. He became us so we can become him. That's just interesting. (laughs) No, it's not. It's glorious. (laughs) Ah, ah, ah. Whoa, I've got to give some away. (laughs) She's smiling. (laughs) If it's good enough for the baby. (laughs) You can look after him in. (laughs) Are you turning away from me? (laughs) (laughs) So Jesus... He gives us an example. Why? So he has the legal right to us. And when the devil comes along and tries to tell you all sorts of things, well, tell him to just shove off. I mean, what are you doing listening to him anyway? Because that's not the voice you're supposed to listen to. People over the years have come to me and says, oh, the devil was saying this. And I says, well, you're an idiot. I'm very pastoral, as you know. But why on earth are you doing listening to the devil? Because you're not supposed to listen to Him. That's the wrong voice. But too many people spend more time listening to the devil and his lies than what listening to what the Spirit is saying. That you're a new creature in Christ Jesus. All things are passed away. Behold, all things are made new. I mean, <laughs> hey, Yeah, 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 yeah. And so Jesus has a legal right to us. He saw treasure and said, Ah, I like that Seth guy. And he paid a price. He likes whoever you are. He paid a price because he saw treasure. And that's why the Bible says we belong to him. We've been bought with a price, the precious blood of Jesus. And the devil has no right to us. Anyway. Whoa. And so we've got a freedom that only Jesus can give us. He paid a price so we can have the Holy Spirit in all His fullness. And that, my friends, is a treasure. That, my friends, is a treasure. To think that we can have the fullness of the Holy Spirit with no limitations, no limits, no nothing, nothing that the mind would try to, and people say, well, I'm not into this and I'm onto that. Well, no, you're not into freedom either. You see, we have to see the treasure of the Holy Spirit. It's not an optional extra. We have to see the treasure of it. We have to see the value of it. Because it's possible to see something and not see the treasure. When I was young, I was uh, interested in coins and everything else. And, and mum and dad, they never had much money. And so I got a collection of pennies. Pennies is a coin for the many of you. It's a coin we used to have many years ago. It was really good. You could buy five aniseed balls for a penny. And, and it was really good for all sorts of other things. And which we won't talk about the distraction of here, but they're really good for distractions in class. And so, (laughs) but you could, this penny, and so I ended up getting a collection of pennies, one for every year that New Zealand had minted a penny. Before that, we had British pennies, but along came a year where we then were minted New Zealand coins, and I had the collection. And and then the next coin up was uh, a threepence. The next one down was a halfpenny. So, but in 1935 there was a threepence that was made with more silver than, and it was quite scarce. And so collectors were interested in a 1935 threepence. It was rare and it had more value. So every threepence I saw I was looking for. is it a 1935? threepence I 'm just a boy. And then one day in Wellington, we were there, and uh, it was Mum and Auntie Winnie and my younger cousin, Andrew, and he was putting a threepence in the meter parking meter, well, we didn't have park mates and all those things then it was, we didn't have these uh, it was, yeah, you put coins in, and then you turned it around and then the timer would click click, 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 till you then got a little notice from the man who's he's putting it in and I said, whoa, whoa stop, stop as he's just putting it in, well I, I haven't looked at it yet, what are you doing putting a thruppance in that I haven't seen And guess what it was? It was a 1935 threepence. Yes. And so in that context, people have been handling that forever. And they did not see a value in it. They didn't recognize the value. They placed no value on it. But along came a little Kiwi boy who recognized the value of that coin. And it was like, I'm going to have that. That's mine. We can easily have the things of the Holy Spirit and just pass it by and count it as commonplace. And revival can be commonplace, and the fire of God can be commonplace, and the manifestations of the spirit can be commonplace, and all the glory of heaven can be commonplace, and we just pass it by. But God's looking for people who will see the treasure in the field and say, Whatever it costs, I'm gonna have revival. Whatever it costs, I'm gonna see the treasure. In the field, and I'm gonna give what it takes to see a move of God. Oh, shunda, reba shunda mamunda, bundula. Do we understand it? No, but do we place value on it? Yes. Whoa, I'm gonna get excited soon. You see, we have to see the value of the treasure and not just the treasure. And then comes another verse. Paul picks up the story. In just a few moments, there's going to be a prayer tunnel, and there's going to be some impartation of revelation so that we're going to have eyes which will see treasure where before we didn't see treasure. And we're going to have ears that will hear what we didn't hear before. But in 2 Corinthians 4, this is a verse which there's some in this room, they, they heard me preach it 30 years something ago in a youth group, and God showed up, and that's why many of them are there, and there's many in that, from that group that are in different forms of Christian ministry today. For God, who said, let light shine out of darkness, made his light shine in our hearts, To give us the light of the knowledge of God's glory displayed in the face of Christ. But we have this treasure in jars of clay. We're quoting a good old King Jimmy. But we have this treasure in earthen vessels that the excellency and the power may be of God and not of us. We have this treasure in jars of clay to show that this all-surpassing power is from God and not from us. You see here, Paul is doing a parallel so we can get the illustration. He is paralleling that the same whoomph of creation. Just face it, creation was a big whoomph. That's an ancient Hebrew word. There was this voice which said, let there be light. And suddenly, the sun is shining. No, I'm 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 not into that. I'm not really. I feel sorry for you because the same warmth that released light is the same warmth that God wants in our lives to to get the revelation of the ministry and the work and the demonstration of the Holy Spirit in our day and generation. You see, it was the Holy Spirit that released the glory of creation because the Holy Spirit was there waiting for the opportunity until there was suddenly a, let there be light. And it wasn't a Cecil DeMille, let there be light. And suddenly, it was this sound that came. Let there be light. What? Because there was a joy in that sound was like, there's going to be light on the world that there's never been before because it was clouded in darkness and suddenly... World had no shape, no form. And suddenly, phew, it all came. <laughs> By the way, we had no shape or form until we were born again and the Spirit of God comes inside us. And suddenly we become a new creature in Christ Jesus. All things are passed away. And suddenly we become the very express image of the goodness of God and the power of God. And that same power that raised Jesus from the dead is the same power that's in us. So if you're not cooperating with that same power you're just a dead cadaver. Just saying. It was the Holy Spirit. But you know what? It wasn't just light because light is simply the product of fire. And I I fully believe That what Paul was talking about when he said we have this treasure, the context he's talking about is in the context of light, and light is simply the demonstration of fire. There is no light without there's a fire. Even LEDs, there's a little fire that's let loose. But in the time when Paul is talking about, people had to get a fire going, so that they could have a light anywhere. Light was just the product of fire. And what is the sun? It's a big ball of fire, which gives us the light and the heat and everything else. And been enjoying sort of the fire lately. It was a nice summer's day today. Why was it nice? Because there was a fire giving us glorious sunshine. Yes. And so I do honestly believe that the treasure that Paul is really talking about is the fire of the Holy Spirit, which is what Jesus talked about when he was on. Ooh, um, someone. <laughs> <laughs> Wow. Whoa! When 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 when, when, when 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 Jesus was here, he, he talked about how he, he had come to, to set a fire for for fire, fire, fire on the earth, and he says how I wish it was already underway. And what was he talking about? When, whoa, 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 whoa. when did that? When, when, whoa, 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 whoa. when did that fire? On the day of Pentecost, what was it marked by? A f- fire. fire! And uh, <laughs> this is good, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> we needed two, John. <laughs> How safe are you, Paul? Uh, Welcome to church, Joseph. (laughs) So Jesus said he he described himself as an arsonist. That's how he described, I've come to set fire on the earth. Just as well we, wasn't it great hearing the horn? The the, the, the the Yeah. Just as well we didn't knock that over. So Jesus said there was a treasure. See, we live in a day when you can go and get matches, and in fact you can have uh, for the barbecue these things in the, uh, the, the gas just lights, but that's because there's been a spark of fire in there and then out comes the more fire. We, we we count fire as, whoa, we count f- fire as very cheap. But there is places in the world even today where fire is very expensive and to be treasured above everything. And they do whatever they can to guard fire because it's hard to get it going again. And for centuries and centuries, fire was guarded and that's why there's even the, the thing about Guard the fire and and, and, John, and John Wesley's father says, Guard the fire guard the fire because he lived in a generation where it wasn't you just strike a match. They would have to actually work at something to get fire going again. So they would guard the fire and they would keep the fire going. And and that's why in the temple, it was like, never let the fire go out because it was to be guarded. And, and so you and I, if that's good enough for the old covenant, what is about us? We've got a fire to be guarded. We've got a fire to be valued. We've got a treasure that we can't get from the world and we've got a treasure, the fire of the Holy Spirit that cannot just be got at the supermarket And but it's a f- fire that even COVID lockdowns cannot stop. <laughs> yeah, go Tom. I was talking to... Uh, John Arnott, just a little while ago, and he said, is Tom still in your church? I said, yes. He said, I love Tom. (laughs) Today, you and I are called to be a continuation of what was started on the day of Pentecost. You and I are called to be Tongue-talking, God-exalting, praise-declaring, demon-evicting, fiery followers, faith-imparting, atmosphere-changing, world-disturbers, ministers of fire. That's who we are. Hallelujah. (laughs) Uh, You got it. Amen, brother. No, no. Amen, brother. (laughs) People say to me, are you chasing manifestations? No, we're distributing fire. <laughs> you know, because that's why. But, but, but the thing is, some people say, but I'm, I'm, I'm not highly combustible. <laughs> you hang around someone who's on fire, you're going to get it. As John Arnott says, some people are highly combustible; others are like slow burners. But we need both. So, whatever you do, even if you think that you're a slow combustible, hang around with a highly con- con- contagious one. What do you call highly inflammable? Highly combustible? Something, yeah. Recently, Paul's every time we get together, he's like. I gave him, I gave him my hanky, and now he's lost it. Oh. <laughs> Did, would you hold my microphone? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> i <laughs> <treasure. laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so why did I do that? Because it was fun. Yeah. <laughs> I, I'm just coming walking. Would you hold my microphone for me? <laughs> That's a sort of. <laughs> oh. Oh. Would you hold my microphone for me? <laughs> Just imagine if Tom sort of got a hold of this. I mean. We have this treasure, the fire of the Holy Spirit in all its glorious forms and all its glorious explosiveness. <laughs> the parable is that there was a man who saw the value of the treasure and counted it great joy to become the possessor of the treasure. Twenty, a long time ago, we were in a little field in Whitey Crescent. And we knew that there was a treasure. We knew that there was was a treasure, the fire of the Holy Spirit. We'd heard about it. We heard revival stories. We'd had everything else. And so every Saturday night, many of you have heard the story, but it's a good story, and I'm going to tell it again. And every Saturday night, we were there. And we would just push the chairs out of the way and we would kneel we would stand. We'd do different things and we'd worship for for 20 minutes, 25 minutes. We'd sing old revival songs. They were songs which is not saying how I'm feeling. They were songs talking about how good God is and how His mercy endures forever, how Jesus is wonderful and, and all sorts of just songs like that, and, and, and then we just speak a little bit about faith or revival or the power of the Spirit, and then we just laid hands on everyone, and then we'll pack up and go home. We did that for two years because you never make spiritual decisions based on human comfort. I, I just say that again. We weren't worried about people say, you know. Well, you can always tell when someone's on the level because they slobber out of both sides of the mouth at the same time. And so they, they were there. And, and we just laid hands on everyone. And so there it is. They were just going along. And, and then suddenly there was one Sunday morning and you, the air was electric. It was like, whoa. And then... That afternoon, there was about 30 people came to Debbie and I's house. We were just in this old bungalow, which was as cold as charity in the wintertime. And, 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 and so we were there. But that afternoon, it was in February, so it wasn't cold. And my prayer, as I, we walked up and down this little lounge that we had, was, God, that's not fair. You can't come that close and not finish it. That's not who you are. God, so we walked up and down, and there was others, I think you guys were there, and there were some others that had just come, and, and, and then we came in, and we went through, and then, but suddenly, 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 we thought we were prepared, <laughs> but we're, you're never prepared for when he suddenly changes all the rules. And when he suddenly changed everything, and then suddenly we're there. And something happened. And, and I did this older call, and we weren't in the habit of doing big older calls or anything. And, and and there's a few people came up and I prayed for the first one and the next one and the next one, the next one about the third or the fourth one. Suddenly they dropped. Pom and then ne- that oh, wasn't that, it's not used to happening the next one. Then suddenly someone goes flying backwards and no catches. And and the next thing it was like, and I just stopped and said, Everyone can see God's come. So if you want a fresh touch from God, just, just coming up and got the band to play. And they were singing, he's the savior of my soul, Jesus, a Catherine Kuhlman song and that she'd done in her revivals. And, and, and we were just seeing it and seeing it. And I opened my eyes and, 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 and basically everyone was in front. It was just a small auditorium and small sort of U-shaped thing. And and whoa and, and I was playing again and now I'm going, God. And I was with my eyes closed. I says, God. This is good, but you've got to sort out this mess. And I went, you've got to sort out this mess. And I opened my eyes and half the people on the floor. And, and that was so, that was really good. And, and so then there's just, this glory came down. And there was a young man standing by the open door. And suddenly the power of God hits him and he just goes, bang. And we all heard the crash of his head on the concrete. And some people were like, yeah. To this day, he'll tell you, I never felt a thing. It was God just displaying, I'm not bound by physical logics. I can do anything. He got up and he's just praising God. And and so we just said, the next night, come back, let's go again. And the next night, and the next night, and the next night. You see, why? Because we were prepared to pay a price for more of the glory. And we're here today because there were people... 28 years ago, who said, we're going to pay a price for the glory. And I want to say there are people in New Zealand that we have never met who are looking for people who are going to say, we're going to pay a price for people we haven't even yet met. But it's going to be worth it, folks. It's going to be worth it. Because one day we'll stand before Jesus and we're going to get a crown on our head. And we're going to be able to take it off our head and lay it at his feet and say, Jesus, you are worth it all. You are worth it all. You are worth all the human inconvenience and you are worth all the things. Because for you, it's not a sacrifice. It's a glory. For joy, for joy, the man gave up everything so that he could get the treasure. And over the years, people say to me, it's great. And I say, Debbie is the hero in our story. I've told them that all over the world. Because she kept the home fire burning. She was there as we were just doing stuff. And she's been the hero. Because as a mum, you want to build a nest for the family but praise god together and we st- st- I remember being in, in our kitchen after revival had fallen and there was voices starting to say all sorts of things and we said if none goes with us still we will follow no turning back no turning back And you know what? There's a greater treasure that I'm still looking for because there's treasure I haven't yet found. There's treasure that's still in the field, and we're going to buy more. How big a field can we buy? I don't know, folks, but let's find out. But with joy, we're going for it. Is it going to be inconvenient? Well, ask that man's wife. Fancy, he's home, and they've just got their new house. And he comes home, and she says, Oh, I found this great treasure, dear. Oh, wonderful. And she's thinking, I wonder what size ring I'm going to be able to have. And so she's there. She's thinking of the treasure that she's about to get. And he says, Oh, by the way, um, pack up. Uh, Actually, There's nothing to pack up. What do you mean? Well, I just sold everything. You are left with the clothes you're standing in. But we're going to get this field that's got a great treasure. I mean, human thinking, that's, that's what he did. And Jesus said, with great joy, and throughout all eternity, there's a record of this is the culture of the kingdom. The man had a revelation of the value of the treasure. And my prayer tonight, as God was putting this in my spirit, was that there would be a greater value of the treasure of the spirit released to all of us tonight. Anyone in for that? I thought so because that's why we're here. (laughs) See, what has sustained our river at, In in this particular church, is that we received a revelation of the value of the river, the river of God's goodness, and the river of God's power, and the river of God. And so, there is an impartation of revelation to be able to see value where others don't see value, to see value in the moving of the Holy Spirit, that it's worth whatever it's going to take. Could you stand with me? See, there's a joy that the man had, and I believe that he'd cultivated the the revelation. He'd cultivated the joy. One day, one day, one day, one day, I'm going to see. One day, I'm going to find it. One day. He was there. He cultivated. He cultivated the joy for the treasure before he had the treasure. And I think that that's what the Holy Spirit is trying to do for us, that, that we would cultivate a joy for the treasure even before we get the treasure. And that's what we were hearing about. About they this morning when Paul was preaching about. They devoted themselves. They gave everything. They done, they didn't let other distractions came. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching. The apostles' teaching was about the supernatural. That's what the apostles teach about. They teach about the supernatural. They teach about the moving of the Holy Spirit. They teach about signs and wonders. They teach about sacrifice. They teach about discipline. They teach about all these glorious things which open the floodgates of heaven. And they gave themselves to it. And cities were filled with great joy. That's what the book of Acts goes on to say. And I believe that in New Zealand, there are cities about to be filled with great joy. There are cities that are about to resound. The streets are about to resound with the sound of joy. That workplaces are about to resound with the, the sound of great joy. That that families are about to resound with the sound of great joy. That there's a great joy sound waiting to be released And it comes when people get the revelation. Holy Spirit, I thank you that as we do this fire tunnel tonight, that there is something magnificent you're about to do in many lives. Something magnificent. I thank you that even as I've been sharing, that it's been like Holy Spirit syringing going on in people's ears. I thank you that there's been a a clearing out of different clutter. And I thank you that there's been a stirring of fire in many people. But right now we're saying as people come through this, that there would be a revelation of value of the moving of the Holy Spirit more than anything else.